0: Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the President, please send them to pip at Streetport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach coming to you from North Carolina. And today we have some interesting news. And as this is a Friday episode, I want to leave with some thoughts and perspectives. Um, As we've entered into this time of the year where school's about to begin, on some historical perspectives and some thoughts about the importance of number one being involved as a parent or society within the education of the children and then the state's involvement and more so uh, the spiritual battle around the education of the future generations and why it's more important now for us even as believers parents non-parents Uh, Those who are involved uh, with children, just to be aware and pray over them. And and we want to end on that. But first, we want to um, go through the word here today and build upon our foundation of scripture before we enter into our uh, news time and being sober and aware of what's going on in the earth in this time and season that we are in. And first, we want to just read through Psalms 20 as. Today we, and, and through this weekend, use the Holy Spirit to direct our prayers, as I've titled this episode. And so I want to bring this up here on the screen of going through Psalms 20. And and the purpose of this is to just see the importance of the entire Uh, chapter is it is is quite a short one nine verses and so we read it and it says this is may the lord answer you in the day of trouble may the name of god of jacob set you securely on high may he send you help from the sanctuary and support you from zion may he remember all your meal offerings and your burnt offering acceptable selah and find your burnt offering acceptable selah pause May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your counsel. We will sing for joy over your victory, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven and with the saving strength of his right hand. Some boast in chariots and some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stood upright. Save, O Lord, may the King answer us in the day we call. And obviously the title of this is A Prayer for Victory Over Our Enemies, a Psalm of David. And I think what better time than in this moment to pray that, decree that, and just speak Sing it and read it over ourselves and out loud to the Lord in our quiet times uh, today and over this weekend uh, to really, as and showing that as we put our trust in the Lord, not trusting in, in chariots, uh, but trusting in, in His faithfulness to guide us through whatever the situation may be. And, and in this case, the victory over our enemies it, it is a moment of a reminder. Simple reminder because sometimes we forget of the great glory of God through this time in the earth. And the prayer point for this that Chuck points out is he says, Read Psalms 20 out loud to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit direct your prayers for yourself and for your nation. And that's what we try to do here. And, and this is really a biblical representation of what we're we're trying to do as we, we're looking through this and really focusing on the things highlighted through prophetic and dreams and encounters that we're having to focus and pray about and not be distracted by the emotional things that we can get caught up in when looking at the news, and more so, uh, that's why we keep our emotions in check, making sure that we're sober and aware and, and letting our not letting our anger turn towards sin, as Ephesians 4.26 tells us. All right, so we have some actual updates on the Iran nuclear deal that have come out uh, late Thursday afternoon and as I'm recording this in in the EU has come up with new deals more so parameters to the Iran nuclear deal they they themselves uh, being led by the current administration are trying to continue to get back into this deal for what purposes I'm not really sure I guess' just make sure they see themselves as some form of authority, Um, and more so within the EU, it's Germany, France, and the UK who are now jumping in board um, the negotiations with Russia, China, US, and Iran. And meanwhile, let's not forget, while Russia is attacking Ukraine, they're also at the same time playing intermediaries between the US and Iran, and they've also partnered with Iran to make gas deals and other deals as well, uh, to bolster their economies both together as the US has turned their back um, towards them. And and it has bolstered Iran's economy, and now it's bolstering Russia and China's as well as China has created a partnership with them. And part of the draft text proposal coming out of the EU is that Iran would – uh, agree to address the – I'm going to make sure I get the name right – the International Atomic Agency's um, independent watchdog investigation into events that have occurred in the past of uranium that was not supposed to exist in Iran popping up somewhere, and then the fact that it has all of a sudden just disappeared after an investigation started. Um Always dealing in great faith as Iran, and so part of the the text to get to hopefully that the U.S., the EU, Germany, France, and UK are trying to get back into this deal with Iran is that Iran will just just answer the questions is what they're asking just 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 answer the questions, um, in hopes of clarifying them. And this is coming from the Wall Street Journal, and they go into much greater detail about some of the um, logistics of this, and this is a hope and a prayer. In reality, it does nothing, number one, for Iran, for them to get back into this deal, um, to remove the sanctions that aren't really having an effect on them um, is quite a mockery of even the EU and the United States, and just showing their lack of awareness uh, of sobriety on this issue in this time and season of the world. Iran they're not going to go back into a deal that could potentially harm them and tell people what. Like it's just, it makes no sense. Um, they they they're at ninety percent enrichment of uranium. Why would they want to go agree to go back um, it, it, as the parameters of this deal uh, propose? So just I'm, prayers. Hopefully, it just falls apart. I mean, this would be just disastrous to even agree uh, to get back into this. But we want to be sober and aware about this issue. Also, the White House has officially said that it is ending uh, remaining in Mexico. Yesterday, after the Supreme Court ruled on June 30th that the Biden administration could end it, and they've talked about how um, Department of Homeland Security has talked about how well they're going to go through the process of doing things properly, creating a whole host of problems and things at the border um, on top of what's already going on. So. Um, Something to be sober and aware about as we come closer towards the midterms, Um, something to be aware about. And and the actions from Arizona Governor Ducey and Texas Governor Abbott of busing these illegals who are coming across to D.C. and New York is showing to be quite the move Um, as the mayor, mayor Bowser in D.C. and Mayor Adams in New York City are very upset with what's going on, and realizing the ramifications of the actions of the open border policies that they have pushed for. So now, what does this mean moving forward? Uh, is we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see the full ramifications as. It is being ignored the realities of this is being ignored from both the right and the left uh, of how problematic it is as things continue to arise and things continue to pop up that it just like the the um fbi raid in mar-a-lago um so there's the news cycle is a fast process and, and something we just want to make sure we're paying attention to and aware of About how this affects the future of this nation. And in reality, for the midterms and for the 2024 election of what does this mean? Where do candidates stand on this issue? What is their stance on this? Okay, we've seen the open border policy of how horrendous this is for the sovereignty and safety of our nation with seeing the – Increased number of terrorists come across the border. Known terrorists come across the border. What about the unknown? Fentanyl, etc., stuff like that. So it, it, it I digress on that issue, but something to just be sober and aware about as well. Now, I want to go over a few points on this FBI raid because some interesting facts have come out on this issue. Uh, the first and foremost is that a judge… Is asking for the DOJ to respond to requests from lawmakers about where do they have the jurisdiction, and and really answering the question of why did you feel like you had the authority and had to go get a subpoena to, raid, search, raid, however you wanted to de- define it, to go into Trump's Mar-a-Lago house. Now, if you saw today, um, Or on Thursday, I should say, as I'm I'm recording this early, uh, Merrick Garland came out and gave about a five-minute speech basically saying, well, at this time I can't really say anything. You'll have to wait for the official release as he believes that he has to get it unsealed supposedly because they've had it sealed through the whole process, being the fact that it's the president and whatever. So we'll find out the real reason why, and it better be a doozy, and it better be… Uh, pretty hard-founded, or as Ben Shapiro said, there will be hell to pay. Um, he also stated that, he said, that we felt like this was the only move we had. Um, Alan Dershowitz says that there's the opposite. Um, you could have just asked for it. <laughs> and um, one thing that is being reported even more now out of Newsweek, uh, we talked about it the other day uh, about the former White House press secretary, undersecretary, uh, spoke about how there's somebody within the White House who's Giving out this information, and a Newsweek report has confirmed that in saying that the FBI specifically targeted three rooms at the residence, a bedroom and office, a storage room, and uh, Milano's closet, and that the information used to obtain the warrant was based largely on information from an FBI confidential human source. Who that is is unknown, obviously, and causing alarm for, for Trump and within his – his camp, uh, internal camp, and so um, the DOJ has now gone. This, this is what the speech was about. From Eric Garland, has gone to uh, unseal the court order of the search warrant. Does the court deny it? Do they hide? Does that what is that what the FBI hides behind? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hopefully they release it, it can see, and, and, and then truth can come out. That would just be – let the truth come out and all this. But what's really, really interesting is there's a question that has come up of did the, cur- the judge who gave the warrant know about past subpoenas and past interactions with the Trump team and the DOJ and the FBI when they went to the president's house before – And Trump turned over 15 boxes then that supposedly the head of the National Archives thought was confidential, and he gave them back. Then what we're finding out is that the FBI and DOJ told Trump to have an extra lock put on the door of the room where the boxes and documents were reportedly stored. And that was the room, the lock that they broke down, and then went into his safe, finding nothing, is what – Eric Trump is reporting. So there, there's a whole host of stories, and there's this um, this report from uh, just the news and John Solomon that go through the details of it all, uh, of ans- asking some questions about the Trump raid re- and re- revelations of a grand jury subpoena and extensive cooperation that the Trump team has gone through before. We talked about this, um, and how the judge should have known about this, the FBI should have known about this. Um and obviously this is a a complete witch hunt as the January 6 committee is, uh, et cetera, et cetera et cetera, et cetera stuff like that um and one thing that is also coming out and we just need to be so aware of this is that the agents didn't the FBI agents at the property when Trump's lawyer showed up didn't want to sh- show the subpoena uh, very interesting um, eventually they ended up showing, the lawyer at the site, Christine and Bob, um, and, and trying to tell her to leave the property, and to turn off all cameras, and, and just a host of of things, um, which come bring about a bunch of legal questions. And so she's waiting to. The lawyer hasn't said anything because supposedly there's a basically a gag order on this, and and, and the hopefully once the judge removes that um under veil authority, we can really find out the, the the reality of this. And 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 I go about this story in saying this is this is upsetting. This should cause cons- some concern for every voter in America, whether the Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, Blue Party, whatever party they want to be a part of, is is Garland went out today and said, we did this professionally. We did this properly because this is a a public interest for the American people. Documents that Trump has a right to unclassify, number one, and close and other things from the time that he served as president. Every president takes some things, um, some mementos of their time in office. And if he messed up he's been working with the fbi before up until the last several months i believe in june was the last time they communicated and then all of a sudden everybody went ghost and crickets started happening and then all of a sudden this pops off is to say this is we need really need to make sure we're not letting if we're angry about this not letting our anger turn to sin and being of sober spirit as first peter 5 talks about being on the alert being aware of of what the enemy is up to in this season, and, and it's not just the enemy of the DOJ and the FBI, it's, it's the enemy of the spirit, and making sure we're being a light to those around us. And look, if we want to disagree with people on this issue, I'm not saying to disagree, I'm saying inner disagreement be careful how we, we interact. Um, and, and look, there is a step and a process to take, and that step and process comes in November. Despite whatever's about to happen um, with monkeypox or this other virus that's coming out of China now, uh, of looking, and I'm going to point this out again, looking at the Kansas situation, looking at the voter rolls, if everybody would have gone out to vote and voted based upon biblical moral values of how they're aligned, there would have been no issue in Kansas on the abortion amendment issue in the state, as would have been during the 2020 election. Look at Virginia. When people went out and voted and they voted based upon somewhat biblical moral values, mostly because of the issue with the education, things turned. There wasn't anything that could have been done. And also Virginia had the proper boundaries set up to prevent nefarious actions from being taken. And That's, how, that's the response that needs to be taken. Uh, of, look, here's our authority. Now if it becomes a time like the Founding Fathers to step outside that authority and and understanding that, then we're we're a long ways off from that I a a very caution cause to that. But it's just we need to be sober and aware about the decisions and, and, and responses that we give in these situations as believers and making sure we're being obedient to what the Lord has called us to do In these situations, Um, next thing I want to make sure we're sober and aware about is, again, after the IRS commissioner, Charles Reddy, came out and said that they had no um, steps that they were going to take to attack and use these increased amount of IRS agents to go after everyday Americans – uh, Janet Yellen says the same thing. She says IRS audits won't rise for middle-class Americans um, and that we're not going to target them. And, okay, there's one response, but the question is, is what happens when somebody else gets in leadership? You say it won't happen. History says it will, and they – I want to make sure I get this right. The Government, government Accountability Office has shown – that over the past 10 years, there's been a major decline in every income sector that audits have decreased. And the audit rates for Americans, and I want to go through this, audits between, for Americans earning between 25000 to 200000 fell 76% from 2010 to 2019. At the same time, those making less than 25000 saw audit rates fall by 61%. And in the range of 200000 to $500,000, um, representing the, um, somewhat a of majority of those upper end that the Biden administration wants to go to, saw a 92% decline because the IRS lost, basically lost money and through presidency uh, uh, of Donald Trump, removing funding from them, and what the… Government Accountability Office and CBO are saying is – and the House of Ways Com- Means Committee, Republicans in there, are saying is that if you now give them funding to go after Americans, then they're going to go back after every American, not just those making under $400,000 or o- over 400000 And that that's kind of the response here. So I say this, again, to make sure we're sober and aware about this issue. Um, and Janet Yellen's response is well, they just they need better resources, and so if they have better resources, then uh, every day every Americans won't have audits coming against them. They'll be able to better prevent them. Um, but then there's the fact that if you saw this on Wednesday, that the IRS I have to talk about this because this kind of aligns the IRS job posting for um, these new agents uh, to go out and do audits was to be able to use deadly force if necessary and uh, maintain a level of fitness necessarily to effectively respond to life-threatening situations, uh, execute a search warrant, and carry a firearm was another one, or key requirements, um, which that kind of sounds different than an auditor. That sounds like a, a, a federal agent, a police officer. Uh, so it's very interesting to see this. Um, meanwhile, at the same time, the F, the IRS has come out and pulled this uh, job report uh, that was filed on the IRS website, and they pulled it pretty fast as backlash came out, uh, very fast on this. So we'll see what the updated job rep- posting says uh, in the coming days. As this is very, very interesting, and again, the, everybody's using this analogy, and I think it's a great analogy, of most of your modern SAC stadiums. Uh, as as fall comes around, your football stadiums come around. Even if USC out in California, massive stadiums, eighty something thousand. Think about every single person in there being an IRS agent, doubling the IRS uh, to f- full time employees. Uh, as they said, at the believe it was seventy nine thousand full time current employees, possibly up towards of like ninety six thousand with the part time employees that they use. So we're seeing all this happen; these events coming out. Well, they're auditors. Well, they're here to go after uh, the wealthy cheats. Well, I didn't. I didn't know wealthy cheats needed somebody to go in and audit them with a gun. Uh, it's very interesting of how how they determine what an audit is. Um, but I digress. And as part of this infrastructure bill, spending bill that was pushed. Down the throats of senators, that was passed. It's part of it is starting to crumble. In the part that, and this is from the Wall Street Journal, and this is very interesting, somebody to pay attention to, and as this vote will come up towards the end of September, right before the midterms, is the portion that we talked about that Joe Manchin, the reason he agreed to this was that as part of this quote unquote uh, Inflation Reduction Act, bill that supposedly West Virginia would be able to get more resources and easement, I guess is the best way to say it, for coal and and natural gas and oil to build pipelines and infrastructure. Um, Well, what's coming to be found out is that it actually, it has to be separate because they went through the reconciliation process. So there's going to be another vote on that issue alone. And Republicans are saying, no, we're not going to vote for this because you're saying that this is tagged along with this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which does nothing to lower inflation, creates a a, a doubling of the IRS. And, And so something interesting to be aware about. We'll see what happens in the future. Uh, with this, where people align on this, does Joe Manchin back down? Um, obviously, he's going to want to push for this, but then there's also the fact of is they can push this, but then um, climate environmentalist agencies groups uh, could fight this in court and prevent any of this from going down. Um, so that's, that's another thing. And then last thing, I talked about the school issue of why we need to pray about this, is the vice president of the United States… … is focusing on having meetings with state legislatures, and in this instance, having a meeting with Nevada state legislatures and advocating for reproductive rights. And they're not – this is what the White House is focusing on in this moment and this time in history. And also um, she's gone to other states, Arizona, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Massachusetts, Montana, New Jersey, Nebraska, Nevada, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, Texas, Utah, and Virginia… Now talking with Nevada attorney general, state attorney general, um, and then several key leaders within the state uh, and local state re- legislatures and representatives. And so when we see this at this time, this is what they're focusing on, focusing, as we, we learned the other day, of making sure colleges and college campuses uh, offer the information for, for college-age women to be able to have the access to abortions that they need. That's their focus. And then I want to get towards this. We're now entering into the time of the year where kids go back to school. And if you've ever heard of the name Jonathan Edwards, who um, gave one of the greatest speeches that really sparked the Great Awakening here in America, he also led... A whole movement um, that fell out of the Great Awakening of the starting of colleges and universities, of his great speech "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God," which sparked a revival that happened mostly among young people, and then this is why we want to pray for this. Is you know we're we're praying for revival, we're praying for all these things, and, and knowing that the last Great Awakening that happened in America and around the world through the Moravians, the Welch. It happened not just in the young, but all. all, But it started here in this instance with the Great Awakening here in America in uh, 1741, when Jonathan Edwards spoke this speech of sinners in the hands of an angry God, started what would have been now Princeton, Harvard, Penn, um, all these Ivy League colleges that have turned into... Things have gone against their their founding, and their founding fathers of even their universities, uh, th- just walking away and, and making, unfortunately, idols out of education, other things rather than God. Princeton was one of them that came out of that university. And I say this to say is as— I want to read some quotes from some leaders throughout history to kind of remind us of why it's important for us to pray for parents and the children who are in these education systems is because the those who advocate for or against biblical moral values know the importance of educating the next generation. And I want to read this several quotes here. The first one from Adolf Hitler. This is very important in really understanding why um, it's important for us to pray for the, the next generation. As Ronald Reagan said, we're one generation away from losing uh, our freedoms that we have. And, he, and this is from Hitler. He said, when an opponent, opponent declares, I will not come over to your side, I calmly say, your child belongs to us already. What are you? You will pass on. Your descendants, however, now stand in the new camp in a short time they will know nothing else but this new community the youth of today is ever the people of tomorrow for this reason we have set before ourselves the task of in uh, collating our, educating basically our youth with the spirit of this community of the new people at a very early age at the age when human beings are still unperverted and therefore unspoiled the this reich stands and is building itself up for the future upon its youth and this Reich will give its youth to no one but will itself take youth and give to youth its own education and its own upbringing and that's the thing we're seeing here today karl marx also went on to say is that the education of children from the moment that they can get along without a mother's care shall be the state's institute shall be in state's institutions at state's expenses you have others um Joseph Goebbels stating that, he says, it is the absolute right of the state to supervise formation of public opinion. Think of the press as a great keyboard of which the government can play. And then the last one I want to read is from Representative Albert Herlong Jr., who read on the record in Congress on January 10th, 1963, uh, a list of communist goals, which was to discredit the family as an institution, Emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. They looked at parents as negative. Think about how they look about that right now. Get, get, get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers' associations. And put party line in textbooks. And one last negative quote is from William T. Harris, U.S. Commissioner of Education from 1889 to 1906. Speaking about the philosophies of communists, that our schools have been scientifically designed to prevent overeducation from happening. The average American should be content with their humble role in life, and they're not attempted to think about any other role. Now, on the positive side, is we see. And understand the importance of this. We see the importance of understanding of why it's important to stand for this. Of there are those throughout history, Jonathan Edwards himself, one of the founding fathers, um, who talk about this. And in the quote of "freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction," from Ronald Reagan, he says, "We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed over." For them to do the same or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free And that's what we want to pray against is that parents would continue to rise up in this day and age grandparents who can hopefully help parents come alongside of them if you don't have grandchildren help parents who are there as much as possibly can And in this day of a day and age where adoption will be ever more important is to just intercede for parents to have the strength to watch over their children and for the parents to be able to raise up their children in the way that they should go as scripture tells us in proverbs 22 6 uh, as a new year starts within school and and it's really one of the most crucial points, not only in time and history, but within society, within life, of understanding the importance of the way to pass on a biblical heritage, leave an inheritance to your children's children, is to raise them up in biblical moral values. And if we're not, if parents aren't teaching their kids properly, raising them properly, then they will be taught things from people who we don't know what they'll be teaching. And what we've seen they've been teaching over the past several years is very alarming. But also know this is that the those who are, are, are anti-biblical, just say that, is they have to go in and take from families that can actually reproduce. And no matter how you, they spin it, is they still, at whatever age, have to go in and, and say, from a, uh, find a child from a biological male and a biological female and then raise them up how they, they seem fit. And, and we just want to pray for parents to have the strength, for educators to have the strength in this season as the new year starts, to be mindful, watchful, and um, protecting and preserving their innocence. As Hitler saw of that was an even more important time for them to, to grasp them and teach them whatever he was trying to teach them. And to show that the whole, that the enemy understands this fight, and that it's ever important to understand that for the future, we pray about these future leaders, our future leaders are those within the education system now, or those who are not in elected offices right now, some with even in the wombs, some not even in the wombs yet, who will be future leaders who who need prayer and intercession for their guidance and their family's guidance up until this point. into the future and a hope for the future so that there can be uh, a time and continue to be a time where the gospel of the kingdom can be spread. And so we want to end on that this week uh, of thinking towards the future and letting the Holy Spirit direct our prayers in this season and for the season ahead. So blessings, and I'll be back with you guys on Monday, and I hope you guys are able to have a blessed weekend as well. See you guys then.